Welcome on in to the Tony Parks Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here today. Yes, one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite SNL skits of all time. Dave and John Tesh uh, with a great recreation of what happened in the NBA on NBC Studios uh, many, many years ago. And man, do I ever miss the NBA on NBC? Uh, don't mind it with TNT. I think they do a great job. Same thing with ESPN and ABC. But there was nothing like Round Ball Rock to get to the game started or the scene setter and the sort of poetic words that were put together before tip off. Uh, those were some really fun times in the nineties and great times with this decade. Now that the NBA has started back up again and it all got started with the Utah jazz going up against the new Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about that just in a second. Don't forget uh, to subscribe to the show right here. Uh, listen to every single episode. If you like it, make sure to give it five stars and you can always uh, be a part of the show. Make sure to tweet at me, at Tony Parks 801 uh, on all forms of social media. Uh, you can also um, email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening, tuning in. Uh, we're right there on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Uh, just great to have you along for the ride. Well, just how fitting, by the way, was that for the first game after the restart, Rudy Gobert is the face of COVID-19 and sports. The video that they show of him touching all the mics and all that stuff, uh, which, of course, was overblown. And uh, I was uh, on that video. You see me off to the right. Ben Anderson of KSL off to the left. Uh, so Rudy Gobert is the face of COVID-19 and sports. The NBA suspended four and a half months. Uh, then the games are back up and going. Rudy Gobert is the first person to score a bucket uh, now that it's all restarted, he had a, a two-point bucket right there in the paint. And then he's the guy with the last point of the Knights as well. And, uh, of course, uh, the pass came from Donovan Mitchell. Now, we all know the story that has existed between those two uh, since play has been halted, which I thought made it even crazier. Uh, even when the pass was going to Rudy and you could see him going up, I kept thinking, oh, how fitting would this be? Now, it turned out to be free throws, so it didn't have some of the exclamation point that Dunk did. But still, I thought it was very fitting, very cool, very unique to have it end like that on the evening uh, where the Jazz win 106-104 to 104 against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, and some people would say, well, big deal. You beat a team on the outside looking into the playoffs. Well, first of all, let's remember the first game back, there's a number of variables. You're not quite sure on how it's all going to go. The other thing you have to remember, the Pelicans, they needed this game bad really bad they only have eight games to try and hang in there and stay within that four game gap you know right there for that number eight spot they have to hang in there with that and they uh they now take a step back after that loss that was enormous so remember the playoff picture has a very different look than it did uh if you can be in ninth and be within that four game window you now have a chance to to win two games against the eight seed and then find yourself uh, in the 8-1 matchup. So a lot of teams jump into this thing, a team like the Pelicans, that is, and this game was actually really, really big for them. Um, this was far from Utah's best game. They actually had moments they didn't look good at all. Uh, they had some concerning things going forward. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but they really showed their ability to adapt as a coaching staff, leaders on the floor, and a team collectively to get the win after being down, I think it was 16 
uh, at one point. So we'll get to we'll get to more of the game here in a second. But I think it's interesting what has happened over the last four and a half months for so many different reasons. And that's because COVID-19 has very few positives. I know that probably sounded really weird, but I'll say it again. COVID-19 has very few positives. Certainly, the number of negatives outweigh the positives by a mile. But there are very few positives. One of those is that I hope people can take advantage of the chance for self-examination. Deep examination. Whether it be about simply trying to nourish your mind with better and more positive thoughts. Whether it's about picking up a new skill. Whether it's about uh, the decisions you make day to day. Maybe it's about your diet. Maybe it's about your language. Maybe it's about your temperament. Your work-life balance. I hope that all married couples can uh, take some time to slow down and examine the health of their relationship, right? Um, I, I know that I've used this time of adversity uh, for self-examination. I know that good coaches have done it in the past during tough times, right? Kyle Whittingham, after the UNLV loss in 2007, I think they lost like 28 nothing. They were 1-3 on the year. People were really starting to question whether or not he was the best guy for the job at Utah. Self-examination and all of the changes that came with it, according to people I know that were uh, in the program and around everything, they said it was one of the biggest reasons why that team was able to turn things around going 8-1 and one the rest of the way and nearly upsetting a really good BYU team at the end of the year. Now, I've known people that have been divorced, lost their business, been fired. Uh, they've had to take that kind of time and reflect and use a lot of that self-reflection when things weren't going well. So it's actually a key ingredient when you hear about adversity makes you stronger, it makes you better, it does this, it does that. Well, a lot of times, one of the key ingredients to that, or the start of it, is exactly that, self-examination. So once again, it's one of the very few positives that comes with an adverse situation, and it appears that someone like Donovan Mitchell has taken the time to do that. He was very upset about what happened back in March. He's pointed out that there was a pre-existing issue as well and that it was impacting what was happening to the team. He's had four and a half months to exhale and figure some things out. And I'm glad that it appears he took advantage of that time the right way. He's talked about being a better passer overall. Game to game, he's had, he had five big assists, by the way, in this one. He had a very important hockey assist, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Mitchell's a 23-year-old key player and leader for a team that has had some bizarre adversity from outside and inside of their team. That, that's what's happened. This NBA restart is also a fresh start for someone like him to take advantage of an opportunity to lead this team where they wanted to go at the start of the year. Because with, with the way some of the things were going, maybe they needed a breather. I mean, there's still many games to be played. I'm not saying this is a finished deal. But it looks like they took that time off very seriously in terms of leadership. Now, as far as the game, I love the start they got off to in the first quarter. But they had a terrible finish to the frame where it seemed like if they didn't get a score on the offensive end, they just weren't going to get a stop on the defensive end. It was eye-opening. I think the last 18 points for the Pelicans in the first quarter were scored after empty possessions for the Jazz. And some of these were just 
they were just way too easy. That was concerning. And Utah's defense for most of the half was a problem. Late in the second quarter, the Pelicans' offensive rating was just under 127. It was pathetic. But Utah was much better in that second half in that area. But most importantly, they changed the way they were playing on offense as well, and I thought it made a big difference. Quinn Snyder, uh, I, I, I love the way this guy operates. You just do. If you're a Jazz fan, out of all the things that are going on, you know you got a great head coach. You know you got a guy who's not too arrogant. You know you got a guy who's uh, uh, not too loose-ended when it comes to, you know, he runs a very tight ship, you know, a lot of accountability, a lot of things. But he's also not afraid to adapt and change. And sometimes that's as a season goes along. Sometimes that's with additions and subtractions to, uh, to a roster. But the other time, within a game, okay, Quinn Snyder clearly wanted to get a lot of three-point shots up for his team in this game. And there was a ton of three-point shots and good looks. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they were hoisting up a ton of threes in this game. And like I said, the the looks were pretty good. But they weren't falling. By the way, they could really use Bogdanovich. I know it's another story, but, but, oh, man, you could just see and feel that. The bench, by the way, especially struggled from deep. One for 13. Started 0 for 11. But sometimes a game takes on a life of its own. So some coaches stay with an arrogant approach and they kind of got an attitude about, well, this is what we're going to do and we're not going to go away from it. Um, This game took on a life of its own. That's what happened. The Jazz were able to get into the paint with ease. They were able to get great shots at the rim. They did a fabulous job working the lead down and grinding their way into getting some quality control of the game. It was terrific. Reddick hit a couple of like weird off-balance threes that kind of kept the Jazz at an arm's length, but you felt like it was just breathing room and the Jazz were eventually going to start grinding down on them again. Sometimes the Jazz had to be really patient, but it really paid off. The fourth quarter was especially impressive. They scored three points from deep, and every three-point shot that they got, by the way, in that quarter, great look, and from a quality shooter. They had eight points at the free throw line, Two points on a great mid-range bucket by Mitchell, and they came through with 14 points in the paint. 22 of their 27 fourth-quarter points came at the free-throw line or at the rim. Defensively, locked it down big time. I mean, as much as we're going to talk about, you know, what they did getting into the paint, the defense was just dominant in that fourth quarter. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, amazing. Eight consecutive points down the stretch. I thought that was obviously big. Had the big pass to Rudy, who hit the free-throws to win the game. Rudy was every bit as impactful down the stretch when looking at what it takes to be a star in really big moments. Ben Dowsett sent out a tweet earlier, and it was the defensive rating when Rudy was on the floor compared to off the floor. And it was eye-opening. I'm pulling it up right now because I've got to find this. Okay, Rudy Gobert on the floor. The offensive rating for the Pelicans was... 86.8. When he was off the floor, 140.7. Tell me that's not glaring. Also, first half, a guy like Ingram, Holiday, both those guys kind of started to get it going there a little bit. Looked like they were about ready to have this fantastic night. Didn't look like there was a ton of resistance. Man, did that change as the night went on. It was great to see. So defensively, they locked it down big time. And you know and I know that if this team is going to go do anything special this year. It begins and ends with that. 
Not that they have to be number one or number three defensively, but they can't show that huge gap of time where they were like in the 20s. That, that can't happen. They got to find themselves around that number 10 spot, and that's going to be stretches of play where their defense is, you know, playing elite level. And they showed that during some of the game's most important minutes. So, Mitchell, we talked about it, the eight consecutive points. Rudy hits the big free throws. Rudy has the big impact down the stretch. Um, his turnover with 123 to go was a little bit scary, but other than that, Jazz fans, you got to love what you got from your big guy because his defensive play was every bit as clutch and dominant and high level and big time as many of the stars in this league and their offensive play when the lights are really, really bright. Some hidden gems from this game. I want to go over this. I'm going to have some hidden gems when I talk about these games. And these are a few of them. Hidden gems are like those plays that maybe you forgot about these plays, but I actually think they had a, I mean, every play makes a a big impact on a game when it's a two-point game at the very end, you know, 106-104. O'Neal took a really big charge early, and I thought it was a great defensive stop. Ingles had an enormous charge that he took uh, on what looked like a promising play for the Pelicans uh, in transition. And they were starting to get down the floor. looked like they had a corner three that was going to be open. It was actually a huge moment and a courageous charge to take because you knew he was going to take a big hit. And he did. And it took him a second to get up. But that's one of those big defensive plays that you're going to need. Uh, very happy they counted the Conley bucket when the horn went off inadvertently. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, and Rudy Gobert had a key moment in the first quarter. This is one of those, like, Rudy plays that, that he doesn't get a stat for this. You have to watch him to truly appreciate what he does and, and how it impacts what's going on. He created a lot of pressure on the rim. He was outnumbered, but drew a loose ball foul, went to the free throw line, hit them both. It was like a hidden turnover for the Pelicans, and there isn't a stat for what Gobert did. He didn't get a rebound, nothing like that. He just created the chance to go to the line, and it resulted in a key two points. During a game, that was decided by two points. So Donovan Mitchell, here's another one. Donovan Mitchell makes a bucket on one end. They're down 11, right? Makes a bucket on one end, has a terrific hockey assist after using great instincts to get a big steal, throws that ball on the hockey assist like a baseball pass down the court. Royce O'Neal ends up with a three-pointer. I think Clarkson hit him uh, to get the actual assist. And this took that lead from 11 all the way down to six. That's a pivotal moment. Really pivotal moment in the second half. So, like I said, uh, far from perfect. Uh, The Jazz need more guys to contribute off the bench, and I think that actually was a really big concern tonight. Uh, You would look at Clarkson and say, wow, 23 points, and he was a a minus 15 overall. Yeah, all the starters finished in the plus. All the bench players uh, finished in the minus uh, when this game was done. That was a, it was a, yeah, a very noticeable gap there with how poorly the bench played at times. They were one for 13 from deep as a second unit and had some awful moments on defense. Awful. Uh, George Niang certainly wants to move on from this one. Uh, this is not a game that he's going to look back and uh, talk highly about his play. He's a very honest guy. Trust me, he won't, he won't be speaking highly about this performance. Uh, the team didn't shoot well from three. We've talked about that. They were 23.5%, trailed by as many as I think it was 16 behind most of the night, uh, but the team showed mental toughness. You know, this is that first game back. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot you're trying to figure out. Uh, they showed the mental toughness. They showed the versatility. They showed the defensive bite. 
Uh, they beat a team that badly needed this one uh, with the way that the Western Conference standings sit. This game seemed to be going one way with Ingram, you know, knocking down some shots and Holiday started to get it going a little bit and you found yourself down, you know, into the teens and it just kind of feels like, you know what, you don't have it. And eh, it's the first game back and no one's going to blame you. Well, they never let go of the rope. And I thought that was important because that first game back can feel weird and you're trying to get settled in and you have some built-in excuses and it's clear that this team didn't use any of those. So that's a huge positive I think for the Utah Jazz, huge positive. Another huge positive, Mike Conley, 20 points on the night. He just had a really, really solid game. So good job by Mike Conley. Great defense by Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell, you know, big when the money was on the table. And uh, the Utah Jazz were clutch in a 106-104 to win. Jazz went over the Pelicans. And the best news, the NBA is back. Don't forget, Jazz, get ready for the Thunder Saturday at 1.00. 30. Thanks so much for listening to the Tony Parks podcast. Feel free to be a part of the show by commenting on all forms of social media at Tony Parks 801. You can email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. Catch the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. And as always, you can hear the show right here on the Utah Podcast Network.